try again. You know you're like the tenth guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gale. Welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks. My name is Jeffrey Gordon. This will be a solo edition of our show. Just got out of Scream 6 about, uh, about an hour ago. Just want to share my thoughts on the latest installment of this franchise. Right off the bat, I think there there were some very creative choices in this movie that definitely were a breath of fresh air when it comes to a franchise that's six movies deep at, at this point in time. Uh, there were some things I didn't like, but overall, I did think that Scream 6 was a flawed but uh, very memorable addition to the franchise. I think I like five a little bit more, uh, but I probably got to think about it. This movie follows the Carpenter sisters, uh, Tara and Sam, as well as their friends Chad and Mindy, who moved to New York City after the events of Scream 5. The Woodsboro murders from the same town where Gale and Dewey and... Sydney and the whole franchise kicked off. So they're trying to move their lives forward. Tara's in college. She's tired of, you know, being tied down by Sam's kind of uh, paranoia over what happened in Woodsboro. And that creates probably the, the strongest relationship in this movie, which is Tara and Sam uh, just having that conflict of, you know, uh, kind of a helicopter surrogate parent, if you will, in Sam trying to keep Tara safe. So uh, having that narrative throughout the movie, I thought was was definitely a great choice. One of the other things I loved is definitely uh, the twins, which is uh, Chad and Mindy, played by Mason Gooding and Jasmine Savoy Brown. I love them. They definitely carry on the legacy of Jamie Kennedy's character, Randy Meeks, from the original movies. So I really do love having them in this movie as well. And just having that core four, as they call themselves in the movies, uh, is definitely uh, one of the best parts of the new kind of reimagined uh, soft reboot of the franchise. Uh, as far as going into the movie itself, I love the opening scene in this movie. I thought it was probably the most creative opening scene that we've had in a very, very long time. Uh, there was that kind of meta opening of, of Scream 4 where it was like people watching the Stab movies who, you know, it's kind of like a fake out. But this is a fake out in a different way where you have the reveal of Ghostface right off the bat. Tony Revolori, who plays Flash Thompson in the Spider-Man movies uh, using a dating app to lure his film professor into an alley. And that was a twist within itself to have a ghost face uh, revealed just like that, just right in the opening five minutes of this movie. But then it twists again and his character goes back to the apartment. You see a shrine of the stab movies. You see the mask that he used. Uh, being placed up on a mantle. Uh, he finds his roommate who he was planning to uh, pull a Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker with Sam. Uh, he, he finds him dead in the fridge, just cut up crazy gory. And then there's another ghost face. So there, there are definitely the most ghost faces in any movie 
in this movie, which I really, really loved. Uh, another scene I really liked too, that I think was just really creative and it really kind of built on the anxiety was the subway scene. And you've probably seen it in the trailers and everything like that. Uh, to have this movie set on Halloween, I just thought was a great choice. Like it just adds to uh, the sort of mystery that anybody could be behind the mask and to have uh, our main characters on a subway with multiple people dressed as Ghostface, I thought was just, just great. Uh, really, really good stuff by, by the filmmakers there. Um, you also get some returning characters. Gail Weathers is back again, just back on her bullshit, uh, trying to capitalize on Woodsboro murders, writing a book about uh, Sam and Tara when she said that she wouldn't uh, write a book about Sam and Tara. Typical Gail uh, behavior that we've seen in the first five movies of the franchise. You also get Kirby back uh, from Scream 4. Scream 4, I, I really did like. I thought that was an underrated uh, addition to the franchise. So seeing her back uh, was it, it was pretty cool. Like she's a she's an FBI agent now. Um, so I like that they gave her uh, that story as a survivor. Uh, they definitely pull a fake out with her character towards the end where you, they make it seem like she is the killer in this movie. And I thought that was a great choice as well. Uh, where it falls apart for me, though, is the reveal of the actual ghost faces. And like I said, there are more than one and it's not two this time. It is three ghost faces all connected to Richie who was one of the killers in the first movie played by Jack Quaid. So his dad is the New York city detective in this movie, which is played by Dermot Maroney. And then you have uh, Sam and Tara's roommate being revealed as another ghost face and their son, who I can't believe I did not see coming because he looks almost exactly like Jack Quaid, even though like me and my wife were talking about how he looked like, Evan Peters throughout this movie. So, I mean, he could be the, the brother of both of those guys, but they're revealed as taking vengeance on uh, Tara and Sam and Chad and Mindy for everything that happened to Richie in the first movie. And, you know, I, I see where they're trying to do kind of an homage to Scream 2, where uh, it was Billy Loomis's uh, mom as one of the killers and then you know hey I'm trying to get you know revenge for my kid but this was uh, it was interesting because they build up this entire shrine that takes evidence from all throughout the franchise of all these different kills you have uh, the pajamas that, that Stu Mocker wears in Scream 1 you have the knife that uh that Kirby was stabbed with in scream four. You have all the masks and all the robes of all the killers. This guy's a New York city detective. Like how did he get that much pull to get all this evidence gathered into this museum? Like thing, it was cool to look at. Don't get me wrong, but that is where I, I just think the reveal was just so ridiculous. And I, I kind of latched on to, Dermot Maroney being the ghost faced probably when I first saw him on screen, like I leaned over to my wife and I was like, it's going to be him. It has to be somebody in law enforcement. If you're having DNA of past ghost faces uh, put onto the masks, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that, that was fine. You also get 
you know, three of the biggest characters like gravely wounded in this movie and none of them die, which I mean, I'm happy to see uh, Chad and Mindy and Gail live on. But I think just to kind of raise the stakes of this a little bit, you got to like let one of them go. I think maybe it was Gail's time to go. I think, you know, her going out the movie after Dewey probably would have been uh, a, a smart choice for the franchise. Like let the young cast take over. I thought maybe, you know, you know, what's she going to do in the next movie? She's going to be back on her bullshit again, uh, trying to dig into the lives of Sam and Tara and just starting this whole thing over and over again. So um, I would have liked to see the stakes raised a little bit. Um, some new additions to the, the franchise I thought were great. I like uh, Josh Segura as, um, as, as um, Sam's love interest. I was about to call him Pug because I'm thinking of She-Hulk, but uh, I thought he was a very good addition to the franchise, and I'm happy he seems like he'll be back in future movies. So, uh, you, you know, Sydney is not in this movie, and, you know, they kind of write her off in a way to where they're like, she deserves her happy ending which I was fine for. I think it is time to move the franchise forward, uh, especially with uh, the two Carpenter sisters as the leads. But, uh, you know, there's this new storyline in there where, you know, Sam is Billy's daughter and she's getting kind of urges to maybe do the same thing. And then she gets these flashbacks to Billy, which hey, I love seeing legacy characters back, but if you're going to bring Skeet Ulrich back in these movies, de-age him a little more, uh, you can put all the makeup in the world on this guy, but he's still probably going to look like uh, a man who's close to 50 years old. So that's my gripe with that. Um, I don't know if I'm into Sam taking up her, her dad's legacy, but I mean, I'm invested in the story moving forward. I think five was maybe a little bit better than this movie. If I had to go into to rankings of this movie, I would give it a starter on our scale. It's definitely a great, like a great addition to the franchise. Like the New York stuff within itself is going to make this memorable. Like just kind of the way where Scream 2 was the movie where they all went to college. Like they go to college here, but Scream 6 is like, hey, that's Ghostface in New York. So that's going to be that edition. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I am excited for a screen, Scream 7. I am excited for Scream 7. I do think they need to slow their roll a little bit. Like slow down a little. Don't pump these out every single year. Like I'll watch them but maybe focus on the story a little bit more before we get uh, too ahead of ourselves this time. So uh, that's my thoughts. Uh, I want to hear what you guys had to think. Tell me in the comments, you know, hit us up on social media, our website, all that fun stuff. I am Jeff. I'll be back next week with Gerald. We're going to talk about the season one finale of the last of us. Uh, until then catch up on all our past episodes right here on YouTube. Spotify, Apple, uh, whatever your preference is, we got you covered. Uh, hope you guys have a good rest of the week, and we will see you guys very, very soon.